Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertilizer, plant feed, and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate, and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society, and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertilizer can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertilizer on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the natural grower products this year and have seen amazing results, and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire natural grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs, and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers. We hope that this podcast will inspire you to either start growing your own food or to help develop your existing food growing empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And I'm Andy from Urban Herbs. Hey guys, welcome back to the Food Grower Podcast. It's me and Andy recording today. We like, we're doing these little short, sweet episodes where we're focusing on a particular subject and topic. And this week we're going to talk about wildlife ponds. Um, I'm going to host a conversation, speak to Andrew like this is a consultation. And hopefully you guys will gather some tips and tricks on why you should have a wildlife pond or why you need one in your garden. And so we're going to go into it with asking Andrew, why do you think a you need a wildlife pond then, Andrew, in your garden? Or what, what would you uh, what would you like to see happen with having a wildlife pond? Well, Jack, I've got I've got a bit of a problem. And I think the problem that I've got is one that a lot of people listening to this are going to relate to. So just to give you a bit of backstory, for those of you who don't know, I run a company called Urban Herbs. I've got a lot of land at the back of my house where we grow all the herb plants. We've got polytunnels. And there comes a time in the year when those polytunnels become magnets for slugs and snails, things that eat the plants that pay my mortgage. So when we first moved into this house, we were really lucky because we had an old pond in the garden, mm. which was absolutely full of frogs. And those frogs filled the polytunnels. And we, we nicknamed them our private security force because those frogs literally kept all the slug numbers down. I don't actually know how it works, whether or not they could eat fully formed ones, but we actually had a few toads as well. Mm. And they really did a great job policing and keeping all the slug numbers down. And we actually, in good years for the frogs, had no slug damage. Brilliant. Now, unfortunately, recently, a couple of years ago, we noticed that the pond was actually leaking. It was an old concrete pond. 
and I wanted to develop that area of garden. I needed to build another polytunnel. So I took out that pond and I noticed something really, really cool was happening, that all the frogs had actually migrated. Those of you who are listening and have polytunnels will understand what I'm about to say. But at the base of the poly polytunnel, where the polytunnel material actually hits the ground, you actually get like an area where water builds up. And the frogs were living a little river that had created between the two polytunnels. <laughs> so every year we noticed that that was actually full of frog spawn. Oh. And the frogs literally would just be born in this river and then they'd move next door into the polytunnel where they would, they would live and eat very, very well on the local slug population. And I, I assume they'll eat other, some other pests as well. So, unfortunately, this year's been really dry. That river seems to have dried up a little bit. And the time's come that I need to reintroduce a wildlife pond into my growing space to try and promote that, basically help out the predators off the slugs and makes my job a little bit easier so i need a wildlife pond and i heard you're the man to talk to well before people might be discouraged thinking when we speak about wildlife pond you need lots of land and, and whatever else we're going to be speaking in like context of like different situations whether you've got an urban farm whether you've got a concrete jungle uh we've just got like a container garden um or on a balcony or you do have uh, an allotment or a bit of land uh, we're going to kind of go through the basis of like your um situations accessibility what you might need uh, material wise um but yeah i've developed on my market garden a couple of micro ponds this year nothing permanent um just because um of like being allowed to do certain things or whether I'm not going to be there that much longer. Um, but I've done a few micro ponds from a quarter of a whiskey barrel. So whiskey barrels can be found on Facebook marketplace. I've luckily found a place, a warehouse that just does whiskey barrels. That's all they sell in different capacities. And I've asked them for the quarter of a whiskey barrel, which was relatively decent price, like 20 pound um, and could be like 15 quid uh, sometimes, but they hold water. You don't need to line it, just fill it with water. And if there's a few holes, you could just plug it with like blue tech or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's always pretty, pretty easy fix. Um, and I've just sunk them into the ground. I've sunk them personally because I wanted um, frogs, or anything to hop in and out. I wanted uh, hedgehogs to maybe drink from it. Um, and also I filled these, air, uh, these so they didn't drop in. I made sure that there was rocks and stones, so there was like an in and out. That's super important, by the way. There should always be an in and out, so nothing falls in and can't get out. There should always be like a, almost like a micro ramp of like stones and, and something so they could just hop in and out. You'll be shocked how many like dragonflies land on it, bees land on it, other insects to, to catch a drink um, because ultimately you're giving them a water source. Um, the reflection of water outside of a polytunnel or outside of a greenhouse actually adds more heat, more light reflect reflection into your greenhouse, into your polytunnel, which is if it's south facing and then it bounces off to the polytunnel towards the north into your um, greenhouse or, or, or whatever else, then you've just 
added more light, which is a little permaculture hack, which you can have that one for free. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just like adding that small micro addition to your garden is going to have untold benefits. You're feeding the wildlife, which I just mentioned. You're adding frogs, but you're adding a predator. And this is where my favorite quote ever is going to come. Permaculture quote is, you don't have a slug problem. You have a duck deficiency but you can change that to like you don't have like a slug problem you have like a predator deficiency meaning uh, slugs a lack of slugs lack of hedgehogs so there's an ecosystem imbalance and you need to fix that and by adding a water source pond wildlife pond into your garden you do a good job of doing that so andrew my friend what you're in between your polytunnels naturally the ecosystem's kind of like accidentally fixed itself by making that little bit of a uh, little uh, river, boggy river in between. And frogs have found it because if you build it, they will come. They just find it because they're looking for it. And you're probably having newts, frogs, slow worms access it. M- multiple insects are going to be drinking from it. So in your capacity, I'd say a micro pond from an old butler's sink literally a bit of plastic with some stones in it fill it with water will be a high a watering hole for many insects so if you've got a container garden that's perfect um and what i'm saying about being it sunk it doesn't necessarily have to be sunk if it's standing on hard standing and you're still adding water adding a drinking hole for many insects and wildlife to your garden um or then if you want to bury it and you can go bigger you can ex- access more plants more animals can start harboring, living in that new ecosystem. And it's just endless possibilities. I've spoke a lot there. So I want to hand it over to you and, and your thoughts on why, uh, on what you think of it and what you might additionally add to your space. Well, I think this is really exciting. And I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are going to be in the same boat as me, that they've got so many ideas coming. I mean, firstly, I hope that, you're listening to this right now and you're getting as excited as I am because I'm already planning where this pond is going to go. I've actually got a couple of those half-size whiskey barrels. So the question I'm going to fire back at you on a really practical level is would a half-size barrel be too deep? Um, It's kind of like not so different animals live at different depths. So yeah, it's probably quite a very quite deep. It is a deep pool, but like, for example, you could maybe add floating lilies. So you plant them shallow. They have long strands and they'll have lily pads that will sit on the water. Um, and that's something where you might have different access of like animals living at different depths. But those lily pads could be perfect little pads for like a bee to land on and take a drink and fly off. Um, it's probably a little bit bigger than needed. For sure, but like I always say, if you've got it, use it, yeah. um, and like don't let them go to waste. If you think, oh, that would look good in my garden, you could maybe add more um, plants around that. You could even like attach micro planters around the actual whiskey barrel, um, hanging off, and you could even grow more food around it. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of possibilities are endless with it, and you can make it really funky, really cool. 
Um, and then just having that body of water in your garden, that extra maybe humidity around that area, maybe. And then, oh, and that, that's perfect. People always say gnats. Oh, it's going to be a breeding ground for gnats and larvae. You could actually put, no joke, I've seen people put what like two goldfish in a butler's sink and the amount of gnats that will land it, they barely feed them because of the amount of food that's being dropped in or like like gnat larvae being laid into it and they, they gobble them up. Um, it's kind of like really interesting what you can do with it and, and the possibilities are kind of endless. I think it's actually quite humbling, isn't it? Just how much nature balances itself. Because I think people don't believe me when I say that those, that family of frogs, that huge family of frogs that we had outside, they honestly stopped us from having any slug damage. Right. And I, I'll, tell you a, I'll tell you a funny story, Jack. Um, a lot of people listening to this will know about uh, BBC Good Food Show, Gardener's World, that happens at the NEC. And literally, our tunnels are so full of frogs normally that they hide in the trade. And <laughs> there's actually there's quite there's a few frogs who I think they've got little personalities. To be honest, like some of them are quite skittish and some of them are a bit a bit brave, you know. And there's there was a couple of frogs in particular. I, I like to think they're the same ones that enjoyed going for a ride on the tray, that if I picked up the tray, moved it to somewhere else, they actually seemed to quite enjoy the ride. Mm. And uh, a couple of months ago, we were actually at the NEC. And a lady came up to me, we know that the show's open, they're looking at the plants. A lady came up to me and she said, uh, excuse me, I think there's a frog in one of your trays of mint. And I thought, no, 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 no. And what actually happened was is a frog had actually come along for the ride. I don't know if he'd fallen asleep or something, or, but he'd actually come in the van. He'd come to the NEC. He didn't buy a ticket to come into the show, but um, he, he went to Gardener's World. And we actually ended up releasing him because there's actually a, a, a huge pond at the NEC. So we like to think that we've done our bit for repopulating the NEC uh, water, waterways as well. Nice man. He's um, yeah, he's taken a pre- he's taken holiday. He's <laughs> he's an expert <laughs> now. <laughs> I I'm really inspired by this, Jack. We are delighted to have partnered on the Food Grower Podcast with React Tools. React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers' tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter, and the Iconoclast Tilter across the world, and been envious of growers with access to them. Well, now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's reagtools.co.uk. Um, I've got a question, right? And this is going to be something that I think probably a lot of people are are thinking about. If the pond is actually raised off the ground, how much is that going to diminish, like the capacity of things like frogs to get into it? Like, how, how much do, do they need? To, do, do they need that to be flushed to the ground? Um, flushed or like a ramp, at least. I mean, going up to a half whiskey barrel is a big old ramp. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, you kind of like what it does, I think it it takes away from certain things. So obviously if you have a quart whiskey barrel on it and you can make a ramp, like if you're in like a concrete garden, um, it's probably a little bit be- better. But um, if it's sunk into the ground, I think you're just going to attract more amphibians and stuff that can like access it. Um, it's more about accessibility to that water. Um, if it's higher up or say you're in a concrete garden with a half whiskey barrel, you're looking at more things dropping into it through flight. So insects uh, and bees and, and whatever else. Um, so yeah, it does, it does diminish that. Like, I mean, it's, it's shocking, man. Like, so even if you pick up like aquatic plants, like I didn't put like water snails in my, in my whiskey in my micro ponds yet they were there and I, they like obviously like a baby's taken a ride then they've had more babies and it's like whoa like it just like as i said before build it and they'll come but like i've even seen like slow worms newts um you just add a bit of water to your garden and it just changes the ecosystem it changes um, what can potentially happen in your garden um, and then like you start seeing dragonflies and things like that so it, it again it's like you're I'm always about like bringing beneficial insects in to like uh, balance the books of the of the farm and, and I think every if you're within that regenerative mindset and ultimately all this is great but sometimes as well just looking at a pond it's like a beautiful thing to have. So like you've just added like beauty to your garden straight away and somewhere where you want to be hanging around, maybe put your seating area near your pond. It would just be like something where you can watch um, the world go by a little bit. Massively. And you know, mental health is something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I know it's something that I talk about a lot on my social channels, but it's so important. I think that Ultimately, this is the food grower podcast, right? And we're talking about how you can grow food on a small scale, but potentially leveling it up to the next level, growing it as a business. Mm. But there's got to be room for that actual regeneration of your spirit, regeneration of your soul as well. And for me personally, that's what water does. You you know, when lockdown kicked in in 2020, Mm. early lockdown, those of you who follow my channels will know we had some bad days because we were staring down the barrel, really. It was really quite serious. And it's amazing how I gravitated towards that little pond. There was something calming about sitting near the water. Um, It's powerful. So, yeah, it's regenerative, I guess, for your garden. And it's regenerative for you as well, for your soul, spiritually, I guess. I I think people had more time than ever during lockdown. So those little moments were, like, captured a little bit more to be like, oh, like, I'm just going to eat my sandwich today or have a coffee in the garden. If they had a pond and, like, didn't even notice, do you know what I mean? Like, like some people have yeah. it, have it, but actually, like, enjoyed it for once maybe or just looked yeah. at the veg patch or, like, was like, oh, that flower's got a lot of bees on it. And then you start watching <laughs> five minutes have gone past and just, like, it's, like, like mentally relaxed you. So I think people need to, like – so, for example – one of the ponds is by a new seating area on the farm that's in the shade. And um, it's just my girlfriend comes to the farm. She hasn't been for a while. And we just sat and ate a bite to eat. And she was like, oh, that pond's really nice. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I've like put the seating area like right by the pond. So it's like more enjoyable. And it's like you could just observe. You're like, oh, there's a water snail in there. Or it's like there's a new or, or whatever else. Or like a flower's bloomed within the flowers that grow in the pond so yeah it's kind of cool man it's definitely something i i just 
I've seen just multiple benefits come from it. So I'm quite fired up about this, you know, because once we're done chatting here, I think I've got a bit of a course of action. So I'm actually going to cut down one of those whiskey barrels to quarter size, I think, try and sink it into the ground. Once I've filled it with water, is there going to be anything that I can do to actively encourage the wildlife to come? Or do you just feel they will just find it and they will just arrive? Hmm, good question. So so what I've done is like I so when I buried it into the ground, like dig a hole and I like built the soil up to the edge. So like the extra soil that you took out, you build up, you pack it round. So it's almost like a walkway to that water. Nice. Um and then there's like stones and there's crevices around it. So I'll put like logs around it. I'll put big stones, small stones, and that's just going to encourage like a safe haven for more bugs. And then bugs maybe, maybe entice these predators and, and whatever else. So like you're kind of like making it a place to be for them to hang out. So um yeah like a shallow part of the pond will attract more things for it to land on beneficial plants maybe like protection for those smaller bugs as well um some kind of beauty because like bc and ultraviolet so maybe like something like a lip like like a flower that is like kind of like enticing to a bee um but ultimately like just having water like they just know like amphibians know like I'm near a body of water like that's now an area where I can I'm attracted to like a magnetic pull towards it I'd say like just having these places where they can hang out is like number one um I'm not going to say build it and they'll come for the third time I'm just not going to say that again but say it say it Jack build it and get it. come like it's like they just enter from another dimension sometimes like how the hell where have you been like where have you been hanging out because <laughs> Like now I've built this pond, like this is where you're just at your new little home. But yeah, man, it's like ultimately I found newts wrapped up in like layers and layers of plastic just because water is like been humid and water's been in those layers of plastic. So like, yeah, giving them a pond, they're just going to be like buzzing. I really like the image of all these different creatures just hanging out. But I guess in a weird way, it's not just them hanging out. In a way, what we're creating is kind of like alien versus predator type um an accelerated kind of like ecosystem where all these creatures are going to arrive and they're going to feed off each other and it's rebuilding the ecosystem and that's that sounds really really cool yeah man it is very cool and it's something we need to be talking about instead of just like rows and rows of veg like that ultimately having an area that's like not exactly veg production but like doing that one step further that might so let, i'll give you an example right so let's say that having that pond gives you more courgettes and i'll say that because what that will do is the bee will be attracted by the water be like oh there's somewhere to drink but i've just seen a courgette flower so i'm going to pollinate that courgette flower if that pond wasn't there and the bee just like just went past this is just so hypothetical but say that bee went past maybe that courgette will shrivel up and die because it didn't get pollinated properly but i'm just saying the knock-on effect of having a pond could be like as simple as that like something really simple could happen or like it, it just having an ecosystem just will fix every, a lot more things um uh, I just can't I can't stress it more that why like bigger farms need to have like 
like bodies of water or like more flowers. It's just, it just makes more sense. I'm actually, re- I'm really surprised actually that more people haven't kind of hit on this because we don't grow on a huge scale. We don't grow on an industrial scale, but it's important to be real over the course of a month in March, April, May, June, we are just in terms of our own production turning over like tens of thousands of pots. And I find it kind of incredible that genuinely, this is completely true. Those frogs were the only thing we needed to do to keep the slug numbers down. So mm-hmm. it just makes me think actually, if there's like uh, bigger nurseries out there, like why not add, why not add a wildlife pond? Plus mm-hmm. you've got somewhere nice to hang out at lunchtime, you know? Definitely. I think then me and Mitch done a video, um, Mitch grows and at the end there was I showed my micro ponds and that was su- there was such a big response to be like can you do a video on how to do a micro pond so I've done I've not really had the space to to put another one at the minute but um like I just helped Alessandro do one and it I mean like there's not exactly a how-to video on how to do it but like um just shows up very simple little steps um Again, we've mentioned spicy moustache. But yeah, like really simple steps. And like he just put like a smaller whiskey barrel. It's like a half one, but like a, a diddy one. And like it just shows like how much beauty it can bring and and that sort of thing. But literally, if you've got like no money and it's just DIY, like just a plastic tub with some stones in it will literally bring and some water will literally bring some kind of wildlife to it and I, I, like this is what i want to stress like we don't all have like loads of disposable income but like we can do stuff like really bootstrap um and like like simple changes make big impacts and again we're going to reference spicy mustache for uh, a, a 20th time i think but the quote that we've touched on before about you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be better. And I massively think, and that's what's actually inspired me to ask you this question about adding a pond, because I just think that these small changes, they add up. How cool would it be if everywhere, I mean, I, I live in a very densely populated place, you know, it's an old council estate and the houses are quite close together. And I'm just thinking, what if everybody added a little wildlife pond? I mean, surely the numbers of these insects would go through the roof mm. and therefore the the pollinators and such like would also increase. And I think that's actually quite a, it's quite almost like a bit of a subculture message, isn't it? That actually we could do a little bit of a an uprising here where everybody that listens to this podcast makes a wildlife pond. Definitely. Jack, go on. Shall we, throw that, shall we throw that out as a challenge? Yeah, so we want to see pictures. We want to be tagged in pictures. That's what we want Like at Food Grower. Just like tag us in your like builds or anything you listen to the podcast that you actually implement. We will share it. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I think it'd be really cool if we could start a little movement here where people just start adding little little micro ponds. You know, it doesn't have to be big. You know, but it, Jack, it's right, isn't it? Like people, people think maybe, as you said at the start, that people have to have like a body of water that you need some kind of ocean-going vessel to, to, to go on. Mm. But at the end of the day, what I'm talking about doing is not big, but I think it's going to make a huge difference. And I just love the idea that, you know, what if we inspired just 10 people 
across the UK to do this. I know. I mean, it's just small changes, big impact. That's what I love. Jack, I love this, mate. I, I, I actually want, I kind of want to end the podcast right here and I want to head outside and build myself a micro pump. That's it, man. Just, uh, it, it's, we're trying to like inspire a little bit of like something you can do right now. Um, or if you're listening to this at work, go home, um, weekend by yourself with the kids. It can be done micro, macro, do as you wish, but we want, we want to see pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, in all seriousness, we're making this up as we go along, but please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, Fire us a message. You're going to do a micro pond, right? Um, we could create a hashtag, couldn't we? The uh, food grower micro pond. Let's do it. Well, just like food grower podcast, like if we get a little hashtag going, that we can just see all the pictures, um, almost like a Pinterest board of pictures for like any any kind of project. Give us a tag. Um, we always get beer and coffee tags all the time <laughs> enjoying that in the garden which is great or listening to the pod in the garden which is amazing um but yeah guys wherever you are on your journey like whether you come back to this in a couple of years time just don't have the space now but honestly we're trying to say like any space is possible a balcony like a windowsill with like just a couple of stones in a pot or something i don't know just anything but like you, yeah just anything goes i mean i always say it's not like you're not going to change the world, but if you change the world for like one B that day, you've made an impact. Um, it's, it sounds really silly, but it's it's so true. And I think as well on a much broader level, I think that this coming winter, things are going to be tricky for a lot of people mm. uh, financially. And we're back in that place, aren't we, Jack, where people are sadly having to make choices financially, maybe where they're having to think, do I turn the heating on? do I have the light on in this room mm. or do I buy some food from the supermarkets? I think it's getting kind of real like that. So I think actually if we over the next few months really push out these projects that people can take part in relatively cheaply and get hours of pleasure from, I think that would be really, really helpful. Mm. Brilliant, man. No, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So shall we wrap up the podcast there, mate? And then, Make sure that you guys are tagging us in pictures. I, I really hope that's inspired you, Andrew. And it sounds like you're um, bouncing to get outside now and get a little pond on the go. So we'll leave that guy with you. And I hope, um, Andrew, you're you're good with that as well. And uh, we're going to hopefully see a lot more micro-ponds. Yeah, mate, I, I, we'll be uploading onto the Food Grower Instagram page and we'll be showing people how it goes. All right, smash you, mate. Catch you soon, Andrew. Great to chat again. Yeah. Cheers, Jack. Thank you so much for your advice. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.